Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy and direct to all of you here in our world, this is Force Center Presents <laughs> Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok trying to find the right way to introduce these shows now. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw and I can barely keep track of my own name. So I think you're doing a good job. Not that from the center of the galaxy has Eddie, you know, it's not bad to say. What am I? I'm just doing my head. It sounds good. That's why we've said it for nine years. Nine years. 
Here's what we're doing today, folks. We're doing another one of our life ranked episodes. Yes, we uh, love ranking uh, that uh, uh, space saga. Uh, I'm afraid to even say what it is anymore, but that's silly. Star Wars. Um, But here's the thing out of support uh, for the strikes. As you all know, we've been doing this kind of content under the other center banner, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Not that you all don't love us talking about Star Wars, um, but you guys really loved us talking about food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we need to do chips and salsa center and mm. uh far less popular clam chowder center but i think that's really <laughs> like where we're headed yeah uh, for, yeah, yeah. uh shout out to uh, uh dan from uh, food in my beard who, who wanted to uh share his clam chowder nacho recipe in our discord um Ooh. here's the thing like almost to the point joseph where i i had to make sure i didn't get offended that more Facebook interaction, Instagram interaction, Twitter interaction, but our Discord. <laughs> Over a week after the episode, I'll go back into the other center category in our Discord, uh, uh, and and there's 22 new, new notifications that I haven't got to yet. <laughs> With everyone not even debating, having this wonderful force center like thematic discussion of food sharing foods from across you got our buddy mark canope and ilka sharing local uh, delicacies from the netherlands and beyond and uh, you know and then you got people like you and me and jen going well burritos you know it's just <laughs> it's it's been amazing and in that spirit we're going to do that today with uh, video games oh yeah joseph you wanted to discuss this this was on your list i love this idea can i just ask you you to this i think um i, I think when i was trying to come up with ideas is what, what are things that that we both love that we've talked about we've definitely talked about a love of star wars video games other video games certainly creep in and i keep being interested in those topics that creep in but also um my nephew was showing me uh, a, a mobile video game uh. about, about murder. <laughs> and it made me think about yeah god what, what are the video games i've, I've loved and uh, I, I want to own it from the top. I uh, was uh, for I, a gamer to me was like that was a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. Then that term it took took some turns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, around 2013, 2014, 2015, uh, with some events on the internet that you can mm-hmm. Google Gamergate. Um, mm-hmm. But also, just I got to a point where um, I I love video games. Been playing them since got go to the pizza uh, parlor and get a quarter from his Pac-Man uh, days um, mm. all the way up until really I moved to Los Angeles that uh, it was a huge part of my life. And I just found like, if, if I want to pursue the things I want to pursue, I get way too obsessive and I can't put them mm. down when I start. So total honesty, I'm not gaming a ton now. And uh <laughs> Uh, my list is uh, very frozen in time, uh, put it that way. But I still love them, and I still want to share them, and I still want to share the love of them. Hey, look, I, I got a few modern ones on my list here. It's going to be an interesting discussion. No, I'm with you. Uh, you and I, born in the 70s, raised in the 80s, right at the perfect time for mm-hmm. video games to explode. Uh, was there games before of electronic nature? Yes, but... Pong comes along, which I did have Pong at one point. We had a hook up mm-hmm. on our TV. The explosion of that, uh, Commodore 64, which will come up in our conversation, Super uh, Nintendo, the Nintendo, I should start mm-hmm. there. We were right there. And it's one of those things where I think occasionally I still have, um, like I'll be playing a game or something, and I'll think to myself, ah, aren't I too old for this? No, I'm not. We've never been this far with it. 
right? We don't know. We're in this, uh, g- gaming might have been considered a quote kids thing in the eighties, but so were the things that we talk about on our podcast and celebrate and love. There were kids things that also meant we grew up, and now those things grew up with us. It is it is who we are. It's part of our life. And and I now uh, I tell myself, no, you want to relax for an hour playing a video game. That's how you relax, unless you get mm-hmm. a game, and that's a different discussion. But um. <laughs> So I'm with you. We, it's here to stay. It's part of our lives. And that's why it's so fun to discuss. Yeah. And I really agree with you. And that's, it's just a trajectory of many uh, art forms and certainly mm-hmm. any form of leisure. Um, I, I believe it was in Edinburgh at the, uh, like the Scottish writers museum or maybe the Edinburgh writers museum. I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Uh, but I, and I believe it was, um, well, I can't remember the author's name, a famous author. And I don't want to get their name wrong, but a famous oldie time author, <laughs> um, there was a chessboard of another author and there was a quote from this author from like the 1700s saying chess, what a sad waste of brains. And it was just like that. So it is now. So it has always been kind of thing of like chess <laughs> so is so elevated and it has been our entire lives. That's what, you know, mm-hmm. brilliant James Bond villains do elevate, you know, it's classy and the highest, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. form of, of gaming, you know, but the idea that when it was new is like <laughs> those, yeah. those, you know, drugged out <laughs> chess heads. <laughs> can't stop can't stop with their stupid checkmating. What is the world coming to? To, to yeah. remember that it's always been like that. And and we've been seen in our lifetime video games from that to like now they mm-hmm. are like the the huge industry and in much more respect and you know, sports level competitions taken seriously and you know, mm-hmm. all of it. Sports level performance or sport or top level performances from actors. Yeah, and um yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, what it what was what what will be again? I love the 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 like sixteen hundreds equivalent of a podcast, like a, a town <laughs> forum of like all these kids are playing cornhole. What are they doing? <laughs> cornhole? You know, it's just it's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. So yeah, it has it has changed a lot. And I did have a big video game resurgence thanks to the podcast, getting the the PlayStation Four and and spending. Mm-hmm. A lot of glorious time on Battlefront too. Mm-hmm. I love that, and and I think it's only saving grace is that it, it was you know uh, I would be able to put it down after a couple hours because I was just playing online, um, yeah. playing those not not like the whole open world like the open world. That's where like I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Uh, well, we're going to get into our list here. We each have five choices. Uh, on this show, we're trying to uh, keep. Uh, we don't want to two and a half hour episodes with the honorable mentions taking up uh, 90 minutes. So we're going to, you know, other games might pop up off our list, but the official honorable mention section is kind of on hold right now. Uh, we work away five to one. And a small note here. Uh, neither of us uh, have included Star Wars titles. Uh, one, in keeping with the support of uh, the strikes and the spirit of that. But also, quite frankly, that's a bigger discussion that I'd love to just be able to get into uh, when the, the time is right again. Mm-hmm. And, and especially with uh, some of the new titles coming out and, and, and the titles in recent years. So uh, that's part of the reason for it. Uh, we apologize for that, but we've mentioned them before and we'll mention them again, but uh, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, that is uh, all the caveats that we can give Joseph. Let's go into our favorite video games working five to one. And we kick this off with your number five. My number five is a video game that some people are sick of hearing about, but it's my truth. And it is 
uh, Ocarina of Time, uh, the great legend of Zelda video game from the N64. Now, I could have uh, included the the original uh, Legend of Zelda for the NES. Uh, this mm-hmm. huge, huge deal to get the NES, uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, both my brother and I had had an awful year at school, and we were we were done with uh, with school. Uh, and I think my uh, my parents scraped because we didn't have money uh, to get the the NES. Um, and then my grandma bought me the original uh, Legend of Zelda, which uh, people don't know. It was a gold cartridge, which was like it seemed like actual gold to me. So so I played that and I loved it. And I, you know, I, I didn't have the Nintendo Power magazine or the right friends. So I got to the end and I couldn't figure out how to beat uh, Ganon. Uh, so mm-hmm. I never completed that. And, and then I drifted away from from those games. Then, you know, I, I've got a Nintendo 64 Ocarina of Time comes out and people are telling me like how amazing it is. And I'm like, oh, I'm an old Legend of Zelda fan. I got to I got to try this out uh, and watch other people play it a little bit and think it's kind of weird to just watch other people play a video game. Nobody's ever going to want to do that. No, no one's going to have a whole industry on twitching. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. There's one night in particular where a bunch of us wanted to hang out. And my friend was like, fine, but you're going to watch me play Ocarina of Time. And we ordered pizza and we ordered beer. And I remember and watched someone else play a video game. And I was like, this is the, the, just the laziest, most disengaged evening I've ever had. Uh, and uh, I was foolish. I could have, I was experiencing the future. Um, <laughs> but so then I eventually got Ocarina of, of Time myself. And even back then, uh, for me, when I bought it, it was, it was, it was uh, 2002. So it was a little while after it came out because I was afraid of it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, there are a bunch of other Zelda games. Games I kept playing them um, up up through um, Breath of the Wild, which I started but didn't get a chance to finish. Uh, and, I, and I love all of them, but Ocarina of Time for me was the first time where this this idea of the kind of the fantasy world, you're this uh, such a fantasy setup of you're the the hero that nobody expects from a small village, and you go around gathering your strength and gathering your bravery. Uh, but Ocarina of Time. A, it was the the 3D experience, which is still new. It was much, mm. the open world of like, you can just go around and there might be something over that hill. You, like, it's not even a main part of the game, but you somebody might just ask you for help and then you could go do some weird help with them. Um, you, you know, g- g- weird side mission. But more than anything, it was the utter success of the emotion. Um that Ocarina of Time just uh, it's not fully spoken dialogue like Link Link will gasp and there's an, like an audio for like ha ah. <laughs> it's really funny but then it'll be text based but it's just it's the classics of storytelling my my favorite of the uh, the characters that you help the the groups is the Gorons the rock people mm. um, and they're they're some of it is the the initial writing. Some of it is a kind of the fun cultural translation uh, mm-hmm. from Japanese. But you know, there's this isn't even in Ocarina of Time. It's in Majora's Mask, but it's the perfect example. There's there's a, a Goron uh, who's in a part of the landscape that has been devastated, and there's supposed to be like water flowing, but but mm-hmm. the Goron can't get down until you go to the temple and you fix things, and the land becomes beautiful again. And the the Goron yells at you and you look up and the Goron says, I'm sorry to speak to you from such a high place, <laughs> but I am trapped. And, and the reason for this uh, long monologue, I apologize, is the power of Ocarina of Time was it's the first time that I really deeply experienced 
I don't want to go into that temple and fix this area of the map because it's the next thing to do in the video game and I want to mm-hmm. feel like a badass. It was, I can't go to the sleep because I need to help the Gorons. Mm-hmm. Because it was emotional. It was it was about the story. Yeah. They let you, you know, you put in your name. I put in my initials of Joseph Aaron Scrimshaw. So it was J-A-S of jazz. And like, please, jazz, can you help us? Please, jazz, hero of time, can you help us? And I was like, I can't go to bed. They need me. That was the power of Ocarina of Time for me. And that, I think that kind of power is going to come up here in our conversations a, a lot because this is the the blessing and maybe the curse of video games of of, of pulling you into these worlds that uh, you've you've either watched on TV or read about or wanted to be part of and and you really really feel it. I, you just I keep coming back to that and hearing you describe it, I get it. I I I'm, Zelda missed me. It was it's a Zelda's a weird thing because I didn't have a, a Nintendo, so all my friends were playing the Legend of Zelda, and I was like, but I've got the Commodore sixty four, which by the way. I'm, happy as you'll see on this list <laughs> um so i didn't play it i didn't play the first game until the mid 90s because i mm. i could now I, I borrowed my friend's system and i just like i think i missed this so i'm always been behind on zelda i know there's the big game now everyone's talking about it so mm-hmm. i'm fascinated by it. it's a it's a wonderful world and this game this is from 98 right this is crazy this, of time yeah 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 and, and, and so i feel so i've missed it so i love hearing you talk about it and all it means and and, and um how, how how you can keep going back to this world? Uh, I uh, I'm blown away by that because I think again because I missed it that that that, that colored my perspective on it. Where a, a new Zelda game would come out and be like they're still doing that. Uh, yeah. I don't mean like like a cynical a hole, but it was just like oh I missed it. I love hearing you describe all of it. I kind of want to go back and experience this. I think you would love it because I think the the real emotional power of it is it is the simple fantasy story always of you know a, a darkness has spread across across the land. It is very Lord of the Rings. It is very mm-hmm. Sauron is here and, and and Link is is Frodo, but it's the way it's executed is the the video game makes you enjoy the parts that are joyful and innocent and beautiful music and funny, charming characters. So then when you go to the parts of the map that have been violated, mm-hmm. you want to set it right because of how beautiful it could be. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you'd really enjoy that. Wow. Uh, yeah. I have, a, I have a 64. I have one set up in the uh, living room. Uh, <laughs> lucky, lucky man. So that's my number five, Ocarina of Time. That is a great way to start our list here. We're going to go to my number five. And if you know me or have heard me, uh, you're probably surprised. You're not surprised that this next one's on the list. But you might be surprised that it's low on the list. And I'll, I'll try to explain that because maybe I don't even know myself. But my number five choice is the show franchise. This is the MLB, the show, the baseball game. It's a sport game. And I'm a sport guy. I love sports. I love, uh, used to play them badly. But uh, that's part of the reason I love the game. Um, so this is the entire franchise, but I play. I played this morning while I was going over notes for the show. I had my MLB <laughs> The Show franchise go going. And here's the reason why I, I definitely had to include it. It's a game that dominates a lot of my time. Um, but it is a game that kind of, for me, the way I play it, rep, and, and I'm not alone in this, represents a lot of what you're talking about and a lot of what we'll be talking about time and time again of the power to pull you in and the power of where, it, for me, it stays with me and I I'll be going to bed thinking about, I got it. What do I, I got, I got it. That poor guy in left field, he's slumping and I can't trade him <laughs> and I can't do anything about it. And so I don't just play the game. I play the franchise mode and, and it, it is what it is. Uh, it's it not, it, you know, your, your control of a, of a team, 
from uh, top uh, uh, of the roster and the managers and coaches all the way down to the, the class A rookie ball kind of thing. And here's why it's so powerful for me beyond just the game. Uh, I, I became a baseball fan, um, fifth, sixth grade. Uh, a lot of it was my friends were doing it and I felt left. They were collecting baseball cards and I, I was collecting Star Wars cards and I wanted, I wanted to feel part of it too. And then, then I, I really loved it. And, and, um, it worked for me as a kid, but, um, I don't want to be a baseball player, but beyond that, and I'm confessing this, I don't know if this, you tell me if it's weird, Joseph, I'll try to make this. <laughs> so I, I used to, in my backyard, I used to act out like me as a major leaguer, right? I'd have a glove and a tennis ball and I'd catch a fly ball or I had a bat. And I'm, I was a lonely kid by myself, shy kid. No one's playing with me. I'm playing by myself in the backyard. <laughs> and because of my imagination, the way it is, and again, I know I'm not alone in this. I would think, all right, what if my rookie year, I, I play and I hit 17 home runs and I drive in 75 runs. So I, I started writing that down. And then I was like, well, <laughs> who else will be on the team with me? So I started writing that down. This is about sixth grade. So next, you know, I had a, 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 a sheet of, of players who were on my team and I was keeping track of the stats. And I went the next year and I had this suddenly before you know it. I, in my room, would, would write down an entire alternate Major League Baseball reality. <laughs> and acted out and 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 one of the reasons I would do this is I could never find a video game in which I could pour this into. Mm. Uh, some of the big games at the time, hardball, bases loaded. Uh they had fake players. You couldn't really create the players. That started coming in later. And I was always searching for that. I have all this stuff in my imagination, entire rosters of players, and I don't have a place to put it. And it's this weird little thing I did. Uh, almost embarrassed about it because I just was talking to myself in my room, you know, <laughs> and he couldn't have friends, couldn't even go play baseball in the park with real kids. He's playing by himself. All right. And then games started getting better. Video games started, get, started getting better. Franchise modes emerge or you could change the name of a player. MLB the show is what I used to do. I'm to the point wow. now, if you turn, so you start with the real players, obviously, then they get older as the seasons progress and they retire, they go away and computer generated, you can change every name. I'm to the point now where I have generated five to 600 fake names in my MLB <laughs> show. So I'm invested to them. So what you're talking about, I got to help Goron the rock guy. Uh, there's, there's times I'll demote someone to the minor leagues and I'm like, I feel bad for them. <laughs> I can't do that to Jake Williams. Uh, he's had a long career. He's three homes away uh, from 500 home runs. And now he's playing a triple A ball because he's 38 and he's getting older. And I feel and this, bad. And, and, and Jake Williams is real, right? He's fake. I've made so him th up. Th that's not, oh, so you, okay. You made it. These, this isn't yeah. one where you're, you're going off of real players. This is no, create it's all, them. It's all created players. Right. And so you are a creator. Of, yes. Uh, yes. Punishing your own creations. <laughs> Punish, I'm God, I'm God. Uh, you think you're baseball, I am baseball. Um, That's yeah. powerful. That's and powerful. So when people, I'm, I'm in my 23rd year of my franchise mode, and this is when I restarted. I've played now since 2018 when I got back in MLB show. I played 2009, I stopped. And this is one of the reasons why. Because it's just, you talk about a time suck, like, um, and, an, and a creative energy suck, but I need it. And it's, and it's been from when I was 11 or 12. I don't know what it is. I'm not the only one. I've talked to other people like, oh yeah, I used to create, you know, wiffle ball leagues. And the, so it's that energy. And so that's why I love MLB the show is it's allowed me to live out some dreams that I couldn't, uh, couldn't because I didn't have those skills. 
because I didn't pursue it to, to get better at it or I didn't go, I thought maybe I could get a job in, uh, as a baseball announcer. That didn't happen. Uh, uh, you know, maybe I can get a job in, in management or something. It didn't happen, you know. Um, and I, I have some friends who have pursued that and, and are doing well. And, and so it's, it's it, to, to cut my conversation short before we spend, you and I spend an hour on my psychosis. That's why I'm not just playing baseball. I'm invested in these careers. And now I'm to the point now I have kids. Uh, I, have, I have some of my players have sons in the game. <laughs> I have family trees, Joseph, in this game. And I just I get lost in it as you would with Ocarina of Time or some other kind of world. And yeah. that's why I love it. And that's why it's my number five choice. I think as we go on another center adventure, we need to put an asterisk on. That could be a longer episode. Like mm-hmm. I like I I have a million things I want to ask you. This could be kind of like an obsessed <laughs> episode where I interview just about MLB the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned it and I got the idea that yeah, it's a team building game and I, I get that, but there's a lot of depth here. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I can re- relate to uh, building uh, not baseball teams, uh, but mm-hmm. writing up different superhero teams. What if these yeah. <laughs> characters switched around? What kind of team they be? I also yeah. just feel like um, the motion of I made Jake Williams, and mm-hmm. <laughs> now I have to punish him. Uh, yeah. That that has some clear uh, emotional power. But mm-hmm. I think just the whole building a team. When I hear you describing it, it kind of, it, it sounds like a creative process and it reminds me of a creative process, like particularly with some of the filmmaking stuff, it, you're really, you're taking all these pieces and you have a dream that they'll work together. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this scene and this scene and the way they'll cut together. And even when we're shooting this most recent one, I had a vision in there a couple of times, the DP who was great was like, are you, don't you want to keep moving? And I was like, no, I'm going to cut right there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I had a vision of how this image and this sound would work together and there's just this like joy in this experiment and you put all these pieces together and then does it work the way I imagined it could? Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounds like to me when you're putting all these players together of like, mm-hmm. I'm putting all these different pieces together to make a whole. And then will it sing the way it might in my imagination? Yeah. Yeah. And the computer, you know, I simulate a lot of games and, and the computer takes over or, or, you know, that didn't work. And then it gets uh yeah, it, it gets a real bummer or there's success. And, 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 it, it, it highlights why I love uh, sports. The, the, the how do you put it all together? But also just just um, being in that world. This is why I always uh, I want a pod racing game where I can manage a pod race team. Um, <laughs> I would love that, especially if you got to create yeah. the weirdos and uh, down to what droid you hire, or everything like that. Uh, like you'd be invested. It's investment. It is story. It is absolutely story. So that's why I do love sports games. They're not for everybody. Sports aren't for everybody. Uh, I love Madden. Madden, you can do this too. I used to do this with football, but baseball's always uh, been a little closer to my heart and. And uh, that's why I just love it so much. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. That is a great number five. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm having a hard time moving on, but I'm going to stop myself. Can do a longer <laughs> episode. I also want to kind of fire up the game um, and play. Uh, so <laughs> from that, we're going to go to your number four. Okay. I'll make this quick so you can go play MLB the, the show. Um, what was the character? Uh, well, I just this Jake morning, Well, he's in the minor leagues. I just this morning traded for a left-handed reliever uh, named Craig Moyer from the Yankees. I I got fired by the Mets, so I'm running the Padres now, and we needed a lefty. It was a big <laughs> deal because I had to give up a guy who up went in the World Series last year. Ah, tough morning, Joseph. Tough morning. Totally fantasy world. I got to get you back to that. Uh, so my number four is a video game that I don't think a ton of people played because it was – uh, uh, everything on my list is between, I believe, 1997 and 2010, uh, uh, owning it. Uh, this one came out in June of 2002 in it, in a time where things started to spread out to more of the systems. This was exclusive to GameCube. Um, and it mm-hmm. is a game called Eternal Darkness, colon, 
sanity's requiem. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Sounds very melodramatic. Yes. Uh, did you play this? No, I didn't, but I, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it on the shelves. Yeah, so it was um, – so I'm a big fan, uh, asterisk, there's complicated things about him, and no, happy to discuss it another time. The asterisk is there, but I'm a big fan of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and the world of, of cosmic horror uh, that he created. Famously difficult to uh, adapt. Um, and this is a video game that adapted uh, the world of Lovecraft while also kind of uh, filing off the serial number and, and avoiding any sort of legal entanglement. So like <laughs> one of the big, uh, dark, unknowable uh, outer gods from beyond the stars isn't named Cthulhu, is named Chaturga. Like mm -hmm. close enough. And there are a couple of direct nods of characters having, you know, the same name as they, they do in, in, in Lovecraft's actual fiction. But this is a game that, absolutely captured what is fun about that kind of Lovecrafting cosmic horror, which is that it, it, the idea is that there are these, that we don't fully understand reality and that we are just minuscule compared to the reality of the forces at work. And you can't beat them. This isn't a game where like, I'm going to strap up with uh, weapons and I will defeat Chaturga forever. It's just, can I close the portal before he comes through? And mm. And in, you know, 60 years or whenever the time is right in the stars line, he's he's going to try to come through again. And hopefully someone will remember the the old ways, you know. So you jump around and you're 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 a character who's um, whose grandfather has died. You're, you're a young woman. But then you're going through all of his books where he's kept the secret history of this truth that there are these horrible outer gods and cults that have been passing through time. So you jump around from like Roman times to uh, uh, to uh, you, you play a firefighter in Iraq, uh, an American firefighter. And you jump around all over all over time, piecing together these dark truths and these tools that you need. Um, so it totally immerses you in the mood and you get to play it and be it. Uh, but one of the uh, inventions, and I think video games have done this now a bunch since, but I, I wasn't aware of it, uh, anything else at the time. Uh, you had a health meter and you had a sanity meter. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the other big thing of like, uh, monsters aren't just scary. They're so unnatural. They're so not what the world should be as you understand it, that it, it breaks you uh, that mm -hmm. when you see uh, one of these monsters. And it, that's, it's been a thing in, in uh, Call of Cthulhu, the, the role-playing game forever. Uh, but this was in a video game. So like, okay, how does that manifest in a video game? Like you start to lose your sanity and you're, you're going around an old mansion trying to find hidden tunnels. And from somewhere you hear a phone ringing in the distance and mm. a mm. baby crying. And as it gets worse, sometimes you'll get slowly, slowly smaller. <laughs> wow. Or like you open a door and you think you opened it, but then you just see a flash of monsters and blood. And then you, you didn't go into the door. And the most infamous of these these sanity effects as you lose sanity is there's one where the screen suddenly goes to blue and it says in a very convincing font, you did not save properly. Your game is lost. Absolutely crushing and shocking. So I've, I've literally, as you're talking, I'm reading that I looked up this game and Nintendo was worried that we can't have this. <laughs> People are going to destroy their memory cards. This is fascinating to me. It was so effective. It was very meta, but mm. you know, because it's the kind of thing of like you're gathering resources and you can use, you know, a spell to yeah. um to to re-up your sanity. 
But like in my, my friends and I all had like a super busy summer of 2002, but we all went through the same experience. If I can't stop playing this game, uh, we were it's super hot and humid in Minneapolis that summer. So we're all playing it with the windows open and, you know, mm. actual, you know, people yelling outside or a cat jumping in the window while you're playing this and your sanity's going down. You're just being like, I want to get through this game without having to stop and constantly re up my sanity. So like, I can do it. I can do it. It's 2am, but I can, I can just keep listening to that baby cry. <laughs> and you're in that mindset. And then it goes to the the blue screen of death and it, it got, it tricked us all. It tricked us all. Oh, and man. we had that moment where we believed it. it just, how, long does, how long does it linger? Does it play with you long or do you suddenly you're back in the game? I, I, it, it wasn't too long, maybe a few seconds and then it flashes back. Um, maybe you needed to hit a button. Uh, yeah, just a, a bunch of great stuff like that. It was a great game. Then there were real complications. Then you can read it on Wikipedia with uh, some of the creators. And unfortunately, there was never a sequel and like mm -hmm. Kickstarter for sequels and it never happens. So it was just a great, beautiful uh amazing experience of being fully plunged into into cosmic horror this is fantastic and i like i mean i i remember in my early days of radio where we weren't allowed to put sirens in commercials uh, <laughs> people would start pulling over uh this is this is <laughs> mind-bending stuff here and uh is it and this is and this is a no sequel but it, is it a big part of it a series before it I'm trying nope. to no nope. I think it, it was it was titled, you know, with some hubris, uh, <laughs> Sanity's Requiem, yes. because there was some that was the subtitle for the inevitable sequels and uh <laughs> mm -hmm. they were evitable. Yeah, I love it. in this game affected you, it scared you. Did, did it have that kind of effect where if you're playing at two at two AM the, the crying baby would scare you? Oh yes. Yeah, because it, it was those things that just tapped into a deep like you can rationalize like I'm playing a video game. There isn't it's not, a it's not real. There isn't a real baby. And B like I know it's my sanity meter, but it's those things that like we're hardwired. That's a noise you want to address, even if you've never mm -hmm. been a parent. It's hardwired to not just mm -hmm. let that go on. And that's part of what was so successful about the game is you you had those moments of triumph where you held back the darkness for now and you know, fun Lovecraft pastiche, but it got under your skin and in that way that it's a it's fun to be afraid. And it was it was it was terrifying, but mm. fun. I love this. This seems yeah. like a game that was ahead of its time. I think so. And I think there's been a lot like it and I can't even, I'm, I'm so out of it. Souls something. I know that there's mm -hmm. a really crushingly hard video game. That's very much in the spirit of this that people love these days. And mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, mm -hmm. for me, it was eternal darkness in the summer of 2002. What I love about our choices here is uh, we of course choosing things from our, our heart here and our own experiences. Every one of our entries here today probably has someone listening going, Oh, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we want you all to share those stories, of course. That's a great number four. Well, my number four isn't isn't scary, Joseph. Um, it can be if you fall uh, off your skateboard because it's Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> one. All right. 99 and 2000. And they re-released them last year or so. I have them. They are some of the best re-released, re-imagined, re-skinned games I think I've ever played because they're just like, hey, that game you love, uh, here it is again. Uh, just it looks a little better. And I love playing them. It can be a little frustrating in my older age. I can't, uh, I can't do the tricks uh, uh, as much as I could back then. In, in choosing games for this list, Joseph, I, I wanted to make sure to. There's some all timers. Um, there's some games I love that I play by myself. MLB The Show, great example of that. But, but a lot of why I love uh, video games or why they rank high in my memories is the shared experience of not just playing them 
uh, and then going to talk about them with friends at work or, or, or uh, you know, the bar or something like that. But for me, you know, having roommates, uh, you know, uh, in early days in L.A. and all of us gathering around the one TV we all own collectively, um, we, we would uh, have this shared experience in this community around it. And, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 in 1999, Pro Skater 1 in 1999 and 2 in 2000 was that where uh, and, and we're not alone with this, where it was like just like coming home from work, my friends coming home from CalArts and we'd all gather around, we'd order a pizza or make our own little cheap pastas and sit around and just play this for hours upon hours upon hours. And almost to the point of like, I don't remember much during that time other than this. <laughs> like, like this, this was what it meant. And then two comes out and it's even better. And, and, and I uh, didn't, I was not a skater kid. I wanted to be. That's the 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 run of uh, I sold my Star Wars figures at a garage sale to buy a skateboard. And that lasted about six months. And I sold the skateboard to get a catcher's mitt. Like that was the that was the <laughs> about six months. I tried to be a skater kid. I had a skateboard. I had all the grip tape and all the stuff and I couldn't do it. I just I'm not coordinated. I'm afraid of falling. So this game came out and it was like I was like, I mean, I know who Tony Hawk is. He's cool, but I'm not a skateboard. I didn't enjoy skating. And then my friend was like, just just try, just try, just try. And yeah, I'd never put down the controller for like two months. Um, so that's it. That's nothing more to say in the game. It's simple. Great soundtrack. Whether you like pop punk music or not, you like the soundtrack. I still hear the songs and I go right back to uh, the hangar or the schoolyard or San Francisco. <laughs> like, And again, the re-release, uh, which occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll uh, stream the game so you all can watch me get mad trying to uh, land a jump uh, is fun. So that's why it's my number four. Did did it did playing it get to, to that point where um, you felt like you were flying? You felt like you were moving? Like it was it was you freeing? Got- you got better, yeah. And there, and I'm, I'm not saying it was as deep as me uh, finally uh, landing an, an ollie that I couldn't at, at nine, um, and that I was working through childhood uh, broken dreams. But there was a little <laughs> bit of that, <laughs> a little bit of that. And you got to choose your skater. I was a Bucky Lasik guy, and my friends, uh, my roommates, would have their own choices, and you can compete, and you have fun, and just the laughter and the crashing and. Yeah, there was there was a it was uh, it was freeing. It was free. The, the, the value of the video games getting pulled into the world. Uh, most of us are not going to go skating down uh, like a, a Grand Canyon. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, and, but you could, and and it was just uh, it was fun. And it's and it's like a lot of video games. It's addictive because you know you you get better and better and better. And once you pull off a move or a rail grind that goes for 20,000 points. You're like, now I can do it for 30. <laughs> what did you do today? I, I was rail grinding. I was rail grinding. Uh, <laughs> that is great. I absolutely love go. that. There you go. No other depth to that other than it's my skating dreams. And I still occasionally put it on and play here uh, with the re-releases. All right. That is uh, our number four choices, which means we're up to your number three choice. We're talking our favorite video games. My number three is Bioshock. I love everything about this. This is great. Except the name. (laughs) I don't mind Bioshock at all, but it was clearly like once you play the game, like, okay, I I get it. I get it. But there was some, there was a marketing team involved. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. Um, I had I had been away from video games uh, for some of the big games um, Mm because I've been real busy. Um, Sarah and I were married at this point. And, you know, when a new Zelda came came back out uh came out and and i had the uh whatever nintendo system it was at the time because it's the one after the game the, the wii the wii the wii um 
enjoyed the Wii Sports. And so, uh, but I, but I had a Nintendo. I didn't have anything else at, at that point, and it didn't want to, you know, desert Sarah too often because uh, my late night mm-hmm. video game playing had done some damage to my previous relationship. Um, so I finally got in Xbox and was able to catch up on some of the games that I had admissed and so i was playing again bioshock a couple years after some other people and heard just like you know great things about it i played portal i played red dead redemption i played uh bioshock and love love red dead as you and i have talked about but bioshock is the one that really grabbed me because it was like kind of getting back into it and and uh seeing how video games had advanced and i loved bioshock because to me it was the perfect combination of video games as a narrative storytelling of mm. incredibly powerful, thoughtful art of it is a story, but it is um, a story that has this other component of there's an additional power of you are not passively watching it. You are made to act it out. Mm. And Bioshock makes the most of it by making that a video game about free will. And you end up in moments where you're making a choice where you probably don't want to, but you can't not because you have to, to play the video game. So using the the truth of what the medium is to help better tell the story and help make you feel the story. So it had all this like great depth. And then the other part of video games, which can be beautiful and fun and, and is powerful, is just the fantasy, the wish fulfillment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I was never going to be a good skateboarder. I never played Tony Hawk, but I would have got that out of it of like, I can't rail grind in real life, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can rail grind here. Um, just like hey, I can't fight cosmic deities or, or, you know, save Gorons in the real world, but I can here. It, it, there is a level of wish fulfillment. And sometimes that's just very direct. And mm. the, the story of Bioshock of this, this city that broke away from the rest of civilization because they didn't want to follow any rules. They didn't want to be held back by any government regulations so they can invent whatever they want. And it, it you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it goes to hell and there are these plasmids where you can inject yourself with these powers um, and wrestle with all the, the moral and, and sociopolitical implications of that. And at the same time, then you're also like, yeah, I injected myself and now I can shoot bees out of my hand. <laughs> and it is, it, it's, it's like we talk about with the galaxy far away, the mm-hmm. absolute depth combined with just a, that's cool uh, yeah. power fantasy. And I, I just couldn't believe it. Cause if I, if I, if I could dream a video game, it would have been Bioshock of to have that depth. And also like, and eh, there's some, there's some baddies around the corner. I'm going to shoot my bee hands and I don't even see them, but I hear them scream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful power fantasy. I love Bioshock. This is uh, another game that I've, I've, I've seen on the shelves and I, I would love to analyze why I'm not drawn to these games as much as others. And you are, and, and all three of your games kind of have um, the same vibe in the terms of big, expansive stories, worlds you can climb into. And I love those kind of games too. Uh, my list will have those, but like, um, what's, what do you, what, what draws you to these type of, they're cinematic and there's no, there's no surprise that some of these uh, have been close to being adapted or might still be adapted. I know the Bioshock movie was out there, the Netflix uh, film, all that kind of yeah. stuff that might come down the line. Um, what, what draws you to that? I think, I think it's just, I want, want to be fully immersed. So I want it to mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. a world that is not my own. 
And then I think it is the the wanting to play not just to rack up the points. I've certainly been become addicted to video games where I'm just like, I wanna I wanna level up, I wanna meddle. Sure you know, in everything. And we'll talk about some other games that are, you know, a little like I had a big Mortal Kombat phase that really is just about like round after round of fighting. Um, And that's fun too. But the games that hook me deep in my soul all go back to, I want to, uh, I feel like there's an actual injustice, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I want to set something right. Eternal Darkness was that way too, of like, I want to stop Jaturga or one of the other two elder gods. I want to stop them from coming through. Because all it, it's just, it's good writing because like in Eternal Darkness and in Bioshock, you're constantly being presented with the voices who tell you that you are wrong and you can't do the good thing you're trying to do. Mm, mm. So it's not only like, it, it's a part of a good story, good storytelling because it's raising the stakes on you of like, I mean- I'm sure I'm going to be the show has this too, but like, uh, you know, are there other managers in there who tell you like your team's going to lose? You all <laughs> suck. You know, like that's yeah. the part of these power of these games of like, you have these constant presence saying, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. So you're out there with your B hands going, yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a GM rating system where you, you have a three-year contract and you check in and will tell you your chances of being rehired. Low average <laughs> and I'm currently on low. And I've been fired like the previous two teams that I was working for. So yes, yes, you're told <laughs> your decisions are wrong. That's a pretty big no. You can't to be yeah, to be yeah. fired by the Dodgers or whatever. Until you're fired by a video game, you don't know that's a weird, <laughs> gut, a weird gut punch. I can handle real life more than the Mets have not renewed your contract. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, fascinating. I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, this is um, like I said, cinematics the only word that comes to mind because they they truly are. Yeah, and it is total immersion. I just, I always, I always liked things with this his own world. It's obviously why why we love uh, the galaxy and, and other in in Lord of the Rings and, and things that are. That's it. You you're visiting a world that is like other worlds, but but nothing else is exactly that. Bioshock nailed that world building of. There's nothing else. There's many things similar, but there's nothing quite the same as Bioshock. You know, I, I know that we're, we're, they've talked about film adaptations. I'd like you to do the stage version. Do you do a theater version of this? <laughs> oh, that would be very, very fun. Yeah. yeah. How, do, how do you do the bees? How do you yeah. do the bees? Yeah. Uh, so many fun. So yeah. many fun uh, abilities in that game. Well, that is a big number three, a very popular video game series that mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people out there will have opinions of. Uh, my number three, I don't know if it's as popular. I think it's as known. And I think what it became became more popular. But I'm going back to 1993. Commodore 64 had been put up on the shelf, Joseph. We were in the PC, straight up PC <laughs> world. My dad Ooh. at the time, uh, and actually my dad, other than his phone, uh, is a you never bring an Apple product into our house uh, kind of guy. Um, I don't know why, um, but he's also an engineer. He likes building computers and he's really good at that. So that's why. But anyways, we had a PC finally, home computer there in the mid 90s. And uh, we, uh, we, my dad and I, we got this game called SimCity 2000. <gasps> wow. SimCity 2000, as a lot of people know, is a city uh, building simulator game. It had uh, been a sequel to SimCity, which was uh, a little bit different engine. We now had a different perspective. You were looking down, a more 3D feel. And yeah, you started in, uh, I think, 1900. Uh, or you could choose 1900 or 1950. And you built up a city and you had to worry about all the utilities, the power, the police, the fire, the crime, the health, uh, taxes, 
um, <laughs> natural disasters, eventually alien invasions, uh, all these kind of things. And you measured the city and you built it and you built it. And uh, that was the game. And, and uh, on the surface, I don't know, it seems pretty boring. This game in the summer of 93 into 94 and into my first year of college uh, was a game I, I, I would start um, – you know, on Saturday or well, by the time I got to college, right? I didn't have classes on a Thursday, Thursday, 10 a.m. My dad would be coming home at 6 p.m. from work going, oh, you still playing? <laughs> and I just <laughs> would not know. Um, and I don't know. I didn't want to grow up. You know, I didn't grow up wanting to be a city planner. Um, there was a little phase where I was like, oh, being an architect sounds great to design houses. I had no skills in that. I didn't have my dad's uh, CAD system drawing skills. Um I think it's going to the franchise mode idea. I do. I, so I, someday, Joseph, you're going to have to sit in a bar and unlocking me why I like <laughs> this franchise uh, upper management position. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And so now I, I, I jump in. I could almost include this game now. There's a version. It's, 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 not a, it's not from the Sim brand, but it's called Pocket City. It's on my phone. And there's a new game, Pocket City 2. They did a revamped, uh, revamped version where you can walk around the city that you build. And this is now, I haven't looked at like X or threads or anything late night going to bed. Like we all do this doom scrolling before you sleep. I've been playing this building a city and it ties that uh, back to SimCity 2000. And I know a lot of people know the game and I know it's pretty popular and the sounds, the the sounds of building, um, you know, you have to, you have to worry about electricity. So you're building power lines and they make this li- weird little sound every time you build them and you, you put down a road and <laughs> The trees are pops, but you put these little trees down. Um, I don't know, man, but I love it. And it's one of the greatest games of all time because of that, because I just was so pulled in that I couldn't get up from the chair. Oh, I've never been fully immersed in Sims, but I've always wanted to be. I've talked to so many people who've had so much fun uh, doing the more straightforward, just kind of guiding the individuals, Mm -hmm. but also the big city building. Oh, if if I had had that on a PC when I was the same age as you, that it, that would have been game yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been drawn in. I think it, you know, it, I this SimCity seems has always seemed like really sneaky edutainment to me. Like if they had marketed yeah. it the wrong way, it would have been like kids learn about vital infrastructure, learn about life choices. Like it's yeah. just shy, is my yeah. understanding of. Let's yeah. figure out how life works. Uh, but oh, they yeah, they pitched yeah. it right, so it feel it never feels like that. I've never heard anybody say, "Yeah, it's kind of entertainment," but it feels like that's actually what the appeal is. Well, yeah, in, in like third and fourth grade, I remember our, on our computers they had in the back of the class, uh, we would play that lemonade game where you'd run a lemonade stand. So there you go, learning <laughs> business capitalism and and how to make money off lemonade. Uh, you're right; you could have gone that direction with it, and who knows? Maybe some people did use it. Uh, and, and, and again, there's some valuable skills to learn in all this and how it all works, uh, how city government works, because that kind of stuff shows up, um, uh, you know, even got working in malls. Malls are tiny cities. You got the mayor, you got the police, you got the, you know, the utilities workers. It's it's all the same. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. going to put the Cinnabon. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, yeah, I never I never have gone on to Sims. 
uh, uh, where it, obviously it's a little bit more of an individual level and you're managing people. And I never touched it because I was like, ah, you got to worry about people. No, I want to worry about infrastructure. <laughs> That's what the kids love these days. Skateboards and infrastructure. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. That's my number three choice. All you Sim City heads, heads out there. I know you are. And one of my favorite things to do, I did it in researching for, cause I was like, when did that game come out on YouTube? Yeah. Everything's on YouTube. I know. There's just people have video footage of them playing the game and it, it that's all it is. And I've just sat there watching it this morning, 20 minutes of guy just building the city, me going, yep, yep that's what, oh, oh, interesting decision. Oh, I didn't do that. Okay. There you, there you go. All right. That's my number three choice, but we're going to take a quick break right now and come back with our top two choices each. This is a other center life rank edition. And Joseph and I are talking about our favorite video games. More after this. 
to Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok. That's Joseph Scream Show. We've got a list of video games in front of us, and we are talking about our favorites. Yeah, uh, we we try to not do honorable mentions, but I have I have a long list that we'll do. Maybe that's part two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> GTA 2, WCW versus NWO, NWO, Mist, Command and Conquer. Those are some other choices, but they're not on the list. Joseph, uh, what are your uh, choices here for uh, number two, actually, for you? Well, it's the not Mortal Kombat or Resident Evil 4. There's uh, <laughs> several other video games that I would sneak into my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about it. I got a Resident Evil 4 uh, story that I'm ashamed of that I got to share sometime. Anyway, uh, my number two is where the list starts to diverge a little bit from. I didn't even think about it because I put this list together fast and from the heart. And mm-hmm. you're right, the first three are epic, cinematic, uh, a hero rises in a dark time. And this is a video game that came to mean everything to me. And a friend gave it to me for Christmas in the year 2001. And, and I, I could tell by the shape, it's a video game. This is my video game, buddy. Oh, what video game did he get me? And when I opened it, I was like, ah, ah and I felt real guilty, you know, but <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this, this isn't my kind of game. So I guess I'll, I'll give it a try and, and maybe it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Fool, fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video game was Super Smash Melee. Uh, oh, wow. many good Super Smash games. Uh, this is the, the 2001 uh, for the GameCube. Um, my brother and I had played, you know, video games together, but we never really had a large community. But this mm-hmm. time I had, you know, a bunch of uh, good friends from comedy and from other parts of life. And they're really, at that point, they were really my found family. And I really thought of them that way. Like, this, this, is, this is my found family. Um, and, and, we, and we do a lot of things together and we make time for it. We have all these parties that we do that that's, that's kind of our holidays. It's like, well, bar crawl is a holiday for me. That's what I do, you know, with my found mm-hmm. family. And not only did I enjoy Super Smash much more than I, I thought I was going to just playing by myself, the huge thing is it just, it became a thing for, yeah. for our little found family community. So I, I'm mm-hmm. sure most people know Super Smash, but if you don't, it was uh, Nintendo being like, well, what if we just take a lot of the characters that we created or we have the the rights to and make it kind of like a a Nintendoized Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, where it's pretty much you know, kind of mostly 2D side scroller. Uh, mm-hmm. You're on a level and and you, you got your different moves and your characters have their signature moves and, and you beat the crap out of each other. But with this Nintendo flair, and I think that's part of it is like, I like, I liked, you know, uh, uh, I played Super Mario, I played Donkey Kong, I love Legend of Zelda, but like, I don't know, I don't know, Kirby, I don't know, Yoshi, I don't know, like, uh, I was still in the point where it's like, I like things a little bit darker and edgier, and it's like, I don't know, this is kind of cute <laughs> and right, yeah. yeah, and then it, the just the absolute bonkersness of it uh, just drew me, drew me in, um, and like I said, it, it became a, a real social thing where, uh, I was talking on a recent episode about the the um, comedy variety show that we did every month, uh, Look Mono Pants, which at, mm-hmm. in 2001, I believe the show started at 1130, usually ran two hours. Mm-hmm. And then we'd do the after party. So we'd hang out, have pizza and drinks, and probably starting at about 2 a.m., uh, like five or six of us would kind of look at each other and go, Super Smash? Super Smash. <laughs> and we would play until the dawn. And it became this refrain. And I know this is one of those things that, that people are not in their heads. A ton of people have had experiences like that, where it'd be like that. One more game. One more game. Okay. Everybody's yeah. like, one more game. And it was a joke. It was a joke. We'd play the first game. We'd be like, all right, one more game. One more and game. then it would get down to like, 
this is this is harmful. <laughs> We're all just you know glassy eyed, fighting yeah. on autopilot. Like, one more game, one more game. I gotta uh, go. No, one more, one more. Can't go one out. One like more, that. one more. Yeah, and uh, people who played Super Smash probably uh, know there was a C stick on the GameCube controller, and there was this beautiful finesse to powering up a big hit, to timing mm. it just right so you didn't leave yourself open. And so your your friend walked into a, a big punch from Donkey Kong or a big slice from Link. But you could hit the C-stick and it would do it fast. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And my, uh, my friend group were like, yeah, that's cheap. No C-sticking. And then we had one friend who was like, what? It's built into the game. Why is it there if you can't use it? It's totally valid. It's not a cheat code. You can do it. <laughs> and so we had this ongoing thing. Like I, I made him a mug uh, for the holidays with his favorite character, Marth. I painted Marth on the mug. And then in, in the bottom of the mug, I wrote C sticker. And it became, became like a swear word for somebody who, who took the cheap and easy way. Like, yeah. I just C sticked that. Like, didn't take any time, just the fast, easy route and then patted himself on the back. Yeah. C sticker like so it was that thing where the, the game was beautiful but it was the culture yeah oh no this is wonderful I didn't I didn't play this one I, I do like the I do like the Mortal Kombat games I think I played more of them in, at, at the arcades at the theater that was in our town local so I didn't take a lot of those home unfortunately because this because like I met I, I passed by WCW versus NWO which is a, 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 a Nintendo 64 pro wrestling game that's that's what it was what you're describing of like uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a bunch of chips ahoy, some caffeine soda. Uh, we didn't even though this is college age. I, I didn't, you know. Uh, well, we you know, technically, I guess, couldn't drink uh, eighteen, nineteen. But I wasn't a drinker. wasn't a, Didn't do drugs. I was a good little two shoes kid who just wanted to have a sugar overload and play those, these fighting games with his friends. And that's yeah. exactly what you're describing. I love that. The two a.m. I got. I can't. I'm, I'm shutting down. But one more, one more. That's what makes these <laughs> games just stand the test of time. Just so great. And and we got we got so used to it and so deep into it. Like other friends would watch and be like, mm-hmm. how can you even tell what's happening on screen? And anytime something super weird happened, they'd be like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, it's a Pokemon. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things is you could throw the Pokemon balls were one of the many things you could throw and then they would explode and a weird Pokemon would burst out and do something to the screen and it would just be glassy eyed zombies being like, that's a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Anything weird is a Pokemon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, final thing I'll say for anybody who didn't play it. Um Link from Legend of Zelda was was my main uh, as they say that I got r- really good at to the point where I, there was at some point where somebody was like new to it and like can you explain to me how you do that? And it's like I can't anymore. I I used to know the buttons. I used to know it was down B, but mm-hmm. now it's like asking me to explain walking or how do you breathe? Like yeah. Yeah. that level of, of into it. And one of the things that I deeply loved about the game is it, it had that sense of fun and sense of wackiness of you had your damage uh, percentage mm-hmm. and you could go beyond hundred percent. And the, the more damaged you got, uh, the deeper, deeper red it, it got. And then when you finally got hit, it, everything is about being knocked off the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could get yourself up to like 800% deep blood crimson damaged and then somebody would just like blow a kiss at you and your character could be like Wah! and fly off the screen as fast as humanly possible so you'd find those levels where where it was hard to get knocked off the level where you could bounce mm-hmm. around and get each other up to the highest possible damage and then a little boop and just scream off screen so funny have uh, have you when's the last time you visited this game 
Is it possible? Um, is it, has there been any updated versions that are still yeah. this version or your the, your favorite version? Yeah, the, for for the, there was Super Smash Brawl for the Wii, and we mm. played that for a little while. But you know, people people's lives were changing, and it wasn't as big mm-hmm. of a deal. Mm-hmm. We did play that one for a while. I, I there, I, there's been many since. Um, yeah, but yeah. it was it was melee that one. The last time I believe was 2012. It was a reward for uh, a Kickstarter I had done in 2012 of if you, you know, donate at this level, I'll play Super Smash with you. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my old Super Smash buddies is like, he very generously donated a lot of money so we would make time to play Super Smash again about, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years after the prime of us playing it. And that was the last time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also sad when the moment passes. When Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 came out, all of us were like, ah, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> right? And it's just life, right? It isn't like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that game anymore, right? It's people moving on, different yeah. things happening. Yeah. It's crazy. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to fire that up one day when somehow, some way. I miss Yeah, them. I think we're close to it. Yeah, because I got together with it, it, when I was in Minneapolis earlier this summer and, and I played a board game with some of these friends and, and one of my friends was like, and then after this, we're going to play Super Smash till 2 a.m., right? And we all kind of laughed. But then we all kind of looked at each other like, maybe, <laughs> okay. maybe one of these days. Love that. Love that. Mm, great number two. Great number two. Yeah. What's yours? <sighs> controversial is what it is, Joseph. It's controversial. I here's I, I I'm not just I'm sorry, I'm not just sneaking in honorable mentions, but I, I had this spot blank <laughs> and I was going I was like, what are some of the great games of my time? And I was gonna go with the Commodore 64 game I've mentioned before called Project Space Space Station, which is just a game uh, from 87, which you manage NASA's uh, space program and you launch satellite, you hire scientists, and I was like I'm just picking the same game over and over franchise. <laughs> uh, I, I got to do something a little different. And it's a game that uh, um, it's, I'm going to say it and, and everyone listening and even you might have a reaction. And my number two choice is Fortnite. There we oh. go. Some groans, some, uh, some question marks. Uh, I know that the game might not be cool anymore. It might be recool. It might come back again. I don't know. I don't care. I did start playing it when I started uh, Twitch streaming after I got laid off from Collider, looking for uh, income and things to do and content to create. I started streaming games and I started playing this Fortnite everyone was talking about. And, and I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I couldn't do some of the building uh, stuff that's needed. And I don't know. And I just kind of uh, just... I just stopped. I just stopped. And um, then, uh, about uh, I don't know, time flies, but a year or so ago now, our buddy Ken Plume from Force 5 on uh, YouTube, um, he absolutely, he'll deny it. He absolutely peer pressured me. He, he bludgeoned me over there <laughs> until I played with him. And I have not stopped since. I play every day, other than, unless I'm on vacation. Half hour, hour, sometimes too long. I've gotten a little better at that. Uh, so again, a lot of thoughts on the game. Uh, I am not one that thinks... Um, Violence in video games or rock and or roll music leads directly to some of the ills of society. I think there's a bigger conversation. There's parts mm-hmm. of this game. Uh, my niece uh, plays it. She's about 10. And I played one time with her. I was like, yeah, we, we, you know, we're trying to reconnect a little bit. I, I don't talk to my sister as much anymore. And I say, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, she plays Fortnite. I do. And we, we played and I don't know if I loved my, my, my 10 year old niece saying, oh, are you using the assault rifle or the shotgun? Like there were some things that, <laughs> I, you know, I might take some issue with it. I, I get that. I get, I get all that. But much like you said about an earlier choice, Joseph, we can have those other conversations at another time. <laughs> yes. Um, but the game is bleeping fun. The game is addictive to a dangerous level. They removed um, the, the mode I play. I don't have to worry about building because I'm not a 10 year old with those skills. <laughs> I'm, I'm an old school <laughs> video gamer and I need it to be a little slower. Um, and then I, I stream it, but also I play by myself. And, and, and because you can play with friends, 
that feeling you're talking about, and I don't want to try to say that you can, you, you, that you even need to recapture that feeling of playing with your friends in college till 2 a.m. But there is a sense of community, a sense of kinship that, 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 that happens. Because of, 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 of Mr. Plume, uh, I uh, play with him online. I play with our, our buddy Lauren Romo, the Galactic Podcast. Hal Lublin, uh, your friend of mine. Uh, Brian mm-hmm. Ward occasionally sings by my friend uh, Brian Tiller, who a uh, listener of the show, also working on songs with me. We play and we hang out and we talk and we chat and we we jib back and forth and jab back and forth and we <laughs> hang out and we play um, some other people that I've met through them that are really fun to play with. And then we'll go online and play with it, too. Uh, one of our um, uh, listeners, a, g- a wonderful uh, character named Ranger Donald, uh, he plays with us online, too. And and um, it is I, I, I never want to say you, you need to play a game, Joseph. Um, I will say <laughs> two things. Uh, one, there's supposedly a rumor that Doctor Who characters are coming to the game. Oh. And there you go. And two, your love of, of themes and, 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 and the thematic elements of story <laughs> our own personal thematic elements that bleed out from us into our actions, choices, and words. Mm. You, your head might explode. When you play in a team, trios, or squad mode, who you are as an individual shows up in the game. Are you a camper who likes to hide in a bush, work your way around uh, obstacles uh, and and confrontation? Uh, Are you someone who runs and jumps into problems? Are you someone who leaps before you look? It's all on display. And you're all, especially when you play in squads, which is up, you know, up to four people. Um, It's, 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 it's never not interesting to me to see how people play, what they do, how you win, how you lose. And the, and the action's pretty silly. And it's also a pretty silly game. And sometimes I think I just need that. So outside of, yep, the violence, but guess what? I've grown up with video game violence for 40 years now. Um, I don't go out into the streets and do it. But again, bigger conversation. Um, so I can separate myself from it. I know maybe mm-hmm. I can't. But um, it's, it's, you talk about turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. I just have a blast. And I sometimes, if I do go a couple days because I'm busy or traveling, I just miss sitting down and, and being knowing that none of this matters. All that matters is the connections I've made or the fun I'm having in this moment. And that, 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 that makes the game valuable to me. I'm able to truly relax. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get the, the caveats you're saying about, you know, the, the violence or like sometimes even for me with, with video games, it's this sort of like the go, 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 go. It can get you in this kind of, you know, uh, headspace where you were kind of getting, uh, you can have fun and relax or sometimes you can, I, I can get to, I, I had a day where I was playing battlefront and then I was realized mm-hmm. like I'm driving recklessly cause I'm too rattled from yeah, my it. own anger at battlefront. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I can't drive. Like I'm trying to beat Kylo Ren on cloud. <laughs> Calm down. I've um, done the play Gran Turismo four and then get in my car and go, oops, better, better pull up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so I, I do get those caveats, but what I, what's coming out is, this just kind of classic timeless tale of what's something that a, a bunch of friends can do together. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're describing playing poker or having a book yes. club or a yes. knitting circle of like, it's a, it's a structure. It's a reason we do love the thing, mm-hmm. but the thing is also just what's bringing us together to have this moment of community and be together and, and shape mm-hmm. the way we spend some time together. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly it. And yeah. Uh, I, I think at times I'd rather be in a knitting uh, group with the woman on the gang, but uh, no, it's a feeling. And 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 there's time. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, because sometimes I'll get a text from from Ken. Hey, Hal and I are online. You want to play? And it's like, what? 
yeah, well, I have responsibilities. Let me throw them aside because I need a half hour with these guys. <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And I mean, in the height of my video game playing late nineties, uh, early, early to mid two thousands, that, that is what it was, is what I did with my friends and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, in it, it, it had a great power to it. It was community. It was culture. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I love, I love what you're saying about understanding people's psychology. I have, mm-hmm. I have one good friend who is uh, incredibly detail oriented. And one of the last times I, it tried to recapture former glory. Like he had gotten resident evil, I believe five and it was, it had a co-op mode and we used to do co-op modes together. And so I drove to his house I'm like, all right, we've only got about three hours because we've got all these delta responsibilities. And he spent the entire three hours setting up his character and his kid. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, ah, yep. This, this is the <laughs> truth of who my friend is. It's great. It's great. I've yeah. learned I've learned a lot about Plume over these years. I've learned a lot about myself <laughs> playing this game. Uh, it, it's been very fun. Very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my uh, number two choice. Fortnite. Yep. Yep. I selected that one. But we are now up to our number one choices. These are our favorite video games. The best video games of all time. I don't know. According to us, maybe they are. But uh, we're going to go uh, to my number one choice. So Joseph can close out the show with his number one. And uh, I made a, uh, I think a, a reference in a, or joke in an email to you, Joseph, where I was like, I think I legally have to pick this uh, game. My number <laughs> one choice. So therefore it is, it is Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, I do love the first mm. one. Oh my God. The first one, which is a powerful story about family and rediscovering family. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is about the loss of family and what causes that and what causes people to change and break apart. Uh, and that's just the surface themes. Uh, I always joke. But I mean it in a weird way. Red Dead Redemption 2 might be my favorite movie of all time. Mm. It is uh, it is an achievement in a lot of ways in terms of open world, how the game looks and feels. And yeah, eventually things will surpass it in terms of the look, feel, and all that stuff. But um, I love it. And it's not for everyone if you're not a fan of the old West or that kind of stuff. But that's that's one of the things I love, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um specifically. Uh, and I remember having a conversation with you and Mike Black offline because Black and I are big fans of the game. We were trying to like, we knew you played the first one, but we're like, you need to fire up uh, the old PS4 and get this one. <laughs> uh, the story in it, the story is an important story. Uh, it, the themes uh, that, um, I mean, I, I, this game actually, I just say it directly. It, it affected me in a way as I was going through some of my own changes uh, and how I look at the world, uh, how I look at the world politically and socially and who am I and how do I fit into all this and how do I fight change? No, I don't want to fight change. I want to be part of change. All those things. There's some moments in this game that actually affected me on that journey. I'm not saying mm. it, it changed me. And I fi- turned off the PS4 and went, I must, I'm a different person now. But but there's a lot of um, real history. They deal with the actual history of the Old West, the 1800s into the early 1900s. It is the story of, of, of change, the story of progress and what that does and how people um, either su- survive, thrive, or shrink from that and how you adjust what you're trying to accomplish. It is about power. It is about freedoms. It is about uh, who we really are. And there are, in this game, that's a shoot 'em up Western-style game. It's got some really, really in-your-face thoughts about... Um, masculinity toxic masculinity what that mm. is who we are uh how women were treated how uh, uh native people were treated how uh what the army the u.s army the government's role in that all these things that yes over these times as history is recontextualized 
uh, we're we're understanding that more, or we're, we're understanding that the how the West was one story told in the movies and the stories wasn't necessarily accurate or true. Mm-hmm. This game deals with that in a way that I think the first game started to was there for, but this game almost and I, I was even this morning looking at notes like I, I no one's saying this explicitly, but the game almost felt like it had a responsibility to do this a little better, and I think it did. Uh, race relations, uh, economic reasons, and one of the big moments what I was talking about earlier is. Um, I believe in progress. I believe in bigger cities and industry and all those kind of things. I was having this discussion as actually debate recently about the 1950s and the freeway expansion and the things we needed to do, but the ways we did it was maybe wrong. And I've more at that point now, because there's a moment where you, you, you're heading into one of the big cities, San Denis, and you're looking at the industry that's emerging and these smoke stacks blowing this black billowing smoke into the world and you're seeing what's happening and you're seeing the 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 the, the barons the titans of industry uh, who are the enemies in this game <laughs> and you, you've just been walking around a beautiful plain with animals and small communities and towns and and, and I'm not saying it all had to stay that way <laughs> that that we shouldn't have developed the car and the train and the plane uh I I do believe in progress but I I looked at it in a way I'd never seen before where this beautiful world I've been walking around now had smoke billowing through it. Why? Because someone mm. made money, not because they were advancing to society versus technology versus uh, industry. They were advancing it for their own power. And, and, and you just start to see it in a way. And it's, uh, and then there's the interpersonal story between Arthur Morgan and John Marston and Dutch Vanderlyn and all these characters. And at one point for those who still haven't played, it, I won't spoil it towards the end of the game. Um, a lot of people know the moment I talk about I was bawling as I'm playing this part and I'm crying and moved by this story. I was so effectively pulled in and uh, other games maybe do that for other people, but this was my game. That's why this will always be until it's toppled probably by Red Dead Redemption 3. If that ever happens, <laughs> um, this will be my favorite game of all time. Well, my my main reaction is that I think next life ranked, you should actually end <laughs> one of the ranked episodes. <laughs> that is a great, great insight. And I really relate, uh, respond to a lot of that. I, I think for me, a real growth uh, uh, moment period is realizing that it kind of, some people explicitly and other things just sort of through osmosis, y- y- I got the message that the way we've progressed as humans is, there was an idea and then there was a better idea. So everybody did it that way. Progress. <laughs> you learn actual history is like, nah, usually is <laughs> mm-hmm. some greedy rich person trying to get richer and someone mm-hmm. got real hurt along the way when maybe they didn't have to. And yeah. dealing yeah. with that, honestly, and dealing with that in a, in a place where um, the, the, this is the, the way manifest destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. It's meant, we're meant to be here and this is meant to happen this way. Uh, mm-hmm. versus we have, we all have choices, you know, of, of how, how we relate to one another. And uh, anyway, yeah, could go on mm-hmm. and on. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the first red dead, I was devastated by the ending. So upping yes. the emotional stakes <laughs> mm-hmm. from red dead redemption. Uh, I don't know if I could even handle. So I, this is definitely <laughs> on my list to play because I, I loved uh, the first yeah. one. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Then we'll then we'll do another center on it. I'll replay the story. I'll, I'll replay and go through it. I've actually been meaning to do that. I just know that I'll lose a year of my life if I do that. Um, yeah, it, it's valuable for the reason. Uh, and, and and also a reminder: all, a lot of stuff we're talking about, especially um, uh, some of the more story based games you're talking about, uh, how I think that stigma still exists. Of oh, 
video games. You're dropping a quarter into a machine, mindlessly throwing away your life. And that was kind of what was the, the feeling in the 80s. And, uh, and, and it's a medium. It's an art form. And there's silly games and there's, you know, phone games that are pretty dumb, but they keep your attention that are designed to and all those kind of things. And there's arcade mm-hmm. games. But there's, this, this, this is an art form. This is truly s- stories being told in this form. And I love it. Yeah, yeah, and there's a reason that those games make a bonkers amount of money and, if, and affect the culture. And you know, mm-hmm. look at mm-hmm. things like The Last of Us, and you know, which I haven't played, but I watched the show, and yeah, they, yeah. they're powerful and they're here to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is my number one choice, but that's not the end of the show. And your choice is spectacular and a great way to end the show. What is your number one video game of all time? This is the definitive list. No one can argue with it. <laughs> Uh, well, my number one, I think, is probably other people's number ones. And I fully also acknowledge that some people are also going to be like, yeah, 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 we know it was good. Mm-hmm. But can we please stop hearing about it? <laughs> but I have Grandpa, to be honest. We understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Grandpa, that was a good time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You rolled the trolley and comic mm-hmm. books were two pennies. I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but it has to be the most phenomenal video game experience for me uh, is GoldenEye for mm-hmm. the N64. It was, there's a ton written about these, about this video game. I have a, a GoldenEye book that I can't wait to crack open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, uh, going through some of my reactions in, in order, um, I've talked about James Bond uh, on my Obsessed podcast. Definitely it's come up uh, here on Four Center. Maybe we'll do some other Center uh, mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, don't really want to cover the movies right now, but I'm um, a big fan of the, the books. That's where it it started for me, honestly, hmm. in a lot of ways. And part of the, the the books are thrillers about a complicated, flawed person. The first one is a the first paragraph of the first book is a depiction of misery hmm. <laughs> of hmm. how gross it is to be in a casino when everything is smoke and sweat and desperation. Hmm. Um, hmm. Uh, and then the, the movies come along and, and even the books become more fantastic and, and thrilling and more over the top. And that's a part of the fun tension of James Bond is it's this thriller that also has gadgets mm. for the kids. Um, but but a part of the appeal is this desire to be like James Bond. And, and one of the things that uh, attracted me to James Bond was he was like, I understood and technically we're both human men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that appears to be where the similarities end, you know, mm-hmm. geeky and scrawny mm-hmm. and, you know, too young to be good with women, but, you know, too young to order a martini in a cool way. <laughs> but like all of these sort of impossible mm-hmm. things he is. So this, you know, uh, this inbuilt desire to make, can I even be a little bit like him? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what the appeal of some video games are, def- you know, based on any sort of IP of like, you get to be like you are 007. Mm. Like, well, that's kind of like going back to, you know, Kennedy, uh, yeah. JFK is the one who, who the books were popular, but he exploded them in an interview by saying the the fifth novel in series from Rush with Love is what he's reading. And he loves it. Uh, even mm. like even JFK wanted to be <laughs> James Bond, you yeah. know, so yeah. that was like a huge part of the appeal. And this is so early in the the 3D revolution you know the, the playstation yeah. one had gotten into it but the n64 really stamped uh mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. 3d experience um mm-hmm. and it was so well made that games after and i played all the other bond games for many years and some yeah. of them are in my my runners up but they always struggled to make the, the finesse with which you could aim 
And mm. you, I couldn't believe that I get to be James Bond. I'm on a cool mission. I can switch out all these different weapons. But if I've got my, my, my little pistol with a silencer on and there's a guard facing the other way, I can aim and I can shoot him just in the hand. <laughs> yes. You know, get this weird early graphics blood splotch and he'll just go, ah, <laughs> and shake his hand, you know, or, yeah. or you start to use that tactically of like, I, I, I can't, you know, there's, there's too many guards running at me and I can't take them all out. But if I, you know, get them all in the foot, they'll stumble a little bit and they'll mm -hmm. buy me a second of time that, and I'm sure people listening now, this is a real, okay, grandpa moment. Um, <laughs> but that was beyond what I could dream a video game could be that level of finesse. Mm -hmm. And they actually did fail to re to, to get it back for quite a while. Yeah. That level of specificity of aim and finesse and intelligence of the enemies to, to react to the choices that you've made. So mm -hmm. it was, it was living out multiple layers of, of fantasy of, of being James Bond and of a video game with this much finesse. And that of course was just the single player, which I loved. Oh yeah. This is one of the video games that is famous for creating the multiplayer experience. And I love the first player experience. If there was no multiplayer, GoldenEye would be my number one video game. Mm -hmm. But then you put that experience that uh, so many people of different ages uh, mm -hmm. have had with GoldenEye, but then with other ones, but yeah, yeah, pizza and Coke or pizza and a beer. And then, you know, at the time it was four buddies and you run around and, and you know, it's, everybody wants to be uh, odd job, <laughs> try to yeah. you know, throw your hat into your no friend's crotch. No odd job. Yeah. <laughs> no odd job. No odd job. And, like, yeah. and the, the infamous slappers only where, mm -hmm. you know, in the video game, it's supposed to be karate chop, but like you just run around going, psh, 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 trying to <laughs> smack each other. The <laughs> levels were super accurate to, the movie oh, uh, not just amazing. Goldeneye yeah. but also to other you know in the, some of the bonus unlockable things like that's the hanger from Moonraker that mm -hmm. is the Moonraker that level of accuracy I hadn't uh, experienced too mm -hmm. the music was uh, phenomenal um, so it got everything every it hit every sweet spot of what a video game could be single player mm -hmm. and multiplayer uh, we we were doing a show uh, in is 99 is when uh, myself and my brother and my good friend, Timmy Rand, and a couple other people, we put in the program under the special thanks, no thanks to GoldenEye, <laughs> because <laughs> we would get together to work on the show and we just wouldn't. And we ran into trouble because we couldn't stop playing oh, GoldenEye. Yeah. It was so fun and so beautiful. Well, this is a great way to end the show, man, because this this is everything you're saying. You're describing this uh, a game that um, I don't think time has lessened its impact no, um, but but to be clear, like this was a game changer uh, across the board in so many ways, uh, including what you're talking about of, of make sure you got four controllers because you're going over to Blair's house and you're going to play this for hours. <laughs> and, you know, it, it becomes part of our lexicon. If I if I walk a certain uh, group of friends or certain age group, if I say proxy minds, everyone knows what you're going to. <laughs> everyone yeah. knows. Um and, and, and the single player mode is actually really good. And, and, and there's something about, you're, you're right, of, of, of so many great games have come since then. But they a lot of games, um, um, and even something like Red Dead, I, I think are measured by this game, both in the mm -hmm. single player and multiplayer. And, and that's how, how great it is. It, it is it, it, there's a reason. There's a reason it is what it is. And it was something special, man. It was something special. I uh, just remember my mind being blown, but then my mind blame, being frustrated because my friend kept slapping me to death. And <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And in like, even the missions, I think that's what was so immersive about it is, you know, compared to modern video games where you can do 8 million things and hack puzzles and open mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and you can, you can go, you can cook and, you know, yeah. endless amount of things you could do. But, you know, coming from the world of side scrollers was like, uh, you could jump, maybe duck, maybe shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, maybe dodge, maybe weave, whatever. That's about it. And you'd get this mission briefing that's, you know, like hack the server. And like, what What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's jump, dodge, or shoot. What, how do I hack a server? <laughs> it, it was so, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, of course it was just, you know, you walk up to it and then it gives you a button to hit. And it was, so it wasn't any big deal, but it made you feel. Mm-hmm. Like it was so much more expansive uh, than it had mm-hmm. been, and uh, the other thing is, it was it was truly escalating so well in the difficulty levels. Where mm-hmm. by the time yeah. I'd been playing for a while, I would I would on the lowest difficulty level, if I had an hour to spare, I'd speed run the game, mm-hmm. and then I only beat it on the hardest difficulty once, and that's only because Trevelyan accidentally blew himself up. It was a problem <laughs> with the code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never legitimately beat it. It was that difficult. So, yeah, yeah. endless fun. Final thing I'll say, uh, I'm looking forward to reading this book. I know a little bit about the history of GoldenEye. I got this book about the entire history of it. But one of the other things that makes it powerful is it's another one of these great stories where this was created by younger people who didn't entirely know what they're doing, just making what they wanted to see. So I mm. think they broke some rules. And I always love those stories of mm-hmm. we made it really cool because we didn't know we weren't supposed to do it that way. I love that. Yeah, I got. I got to read that book. I got to get that book. I, I'm obsessed with that. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll share it with you. Love that. Ah, wonderful. And I, I uh, like I said, got that 64 uh, fired up. I mm. think I, I don't remember mm. if I still have my copy. I, th- mm. I, I think at one time on a podcast I said, "Oh, I still got a copy," and then I couldn't find it, and I was heartbroken because it's not cheap to get. I have my copy by my bed. I know oh, exactly where it is. Right. right. Well. Well. Get some Chips Ahoy, some uh, lemonades, <laughs> and let's fire this up. Sounds good. That's good. Well, there you have it, my friends. Supersized edition. I, well, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Um, we had a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. And we know we uh, we know that you have your own thoughts. So if you're in our Discord, uh, please share your favorite video games of all time. Uh, the ones uh, that uh, mattered, the ones that affected you, the ones that uh, aspired your own stories. And if online, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, I'll tell you where you can find us. Of course, uh, we are Four Center Pod. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Uh, we are on uh, threads at Four Center Pod as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Instagram and YouTube uh, podcast available in a lot of different spots. Just uh, search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center and patreon.com slash Four Centers where you can support us directly. We'd really appreciate that as it helps the show. Uh, you can find me at Ken Napsock or KenNapsock.com for more information. And Joseph, where can they find you? You can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. The social media have become too many to list. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> especially on a longer episode. So wherever you are, come find me there. And if you happen to be in Portland and want to see the short film I was working on, it's called The Narrator. It is starring Phil Amar and it is playing this weekend. There you go, my friends. All right, go play your games and tell us all about it. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 